Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is balancing employee and business well-being. Now, how well is your organization able to support its workers as they ride an emotional roller coaster we are all seeing because of the losses, the, the issues, the uncertainty that the families and they themselves are facing? Then there is life conditions that have fundamentally changed. Then there is a burnout at work. When people started working from home, it was fun, or maybe it was not as much fun, but at the same time, they started much, working much harder than they earlier used to. So while they are doing what they are doing, and business needs to get back to normalcy, at least to the degree possible, how are we balancing our own efforts as an organization and the investments you're making towards the employee well-being so that they get to do the tasks that they're supposed to to serve the customers and internal needs that we may have. And at the same time, we stay sustainable and profitable as a business. So to discuss this, I have with me Kathleen Larkin, who's the Senior Vice President and Chief Human Resource Officer at South Jersey Industries. Hey, Kathleen, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having for joining us here. And we also have Samuel Sudakar, Vice President of Information Technology Services and Chief Information Officer for California State University. Hey, Samuel, how are you? Good morning, Sanjo. Thanks for having me, having me here. Great. So as you can see, this is a topic which we are dealing with today. So Kathleen, let's start with you. The All the losses and the trauma, I'm literally getting the WhatsApp messages and other kind of messages about literally every hour, two or three people who were in my first or second degree of connections losing their lives. And when that's happening and I'm trying to do my work, I'm not sure if a, a, a regular human being can keep their head straight. And I'm sure that it may be happening with most companies, with most employees within their, you know, the companies. So how are organizations approaching the very process of staying normal and even some optimistic ones hoping to getting back to normal as a business? Uh, it has definitely been, as you'd said, a roller coaster ride uh, with uh, a lot of emotions. And how do we as a business address that? Um, what it has called on is transparency and authenticity and support, right? Being there for each other during this time to try to have a sense of normalcy and support, right, for each other as, um, as people, right, as well as at the same time serving our customers. Um, so uh, throughout this pandemic, uh, what we've been doing here at SJI has been having a lot of communications, authentic communications in terms of helping our employees um, through this time and offering them support um, and being there for them um, to tailor for their own lives of what they need um, so that together we can still right, focus on serving, servicing our customers while keeping our whole selves um, supported in each other. 
So Samuel, you always must be trying to, as an individual, as a CIO for your team and your organization must be trying to, what we call as humanize the organization and the work it does, which means we see customer as humans, we see employees as humans, and even we we look at the human, the, the very business as a growing living being, which means that everything can be, you know, uh, things can happen to the business, things can happen to the employees, things can happen to the customers. But somehow over time, chasing profitability and, and making the most of what you have available, treating human resource as a resource, not as a human, the human part was taking a backseat. Has there been a wake-up call with this you know, pandemic coming and, and teaching us a few lessons? Or are we going back again as organizations to say, hey, let's, let's reclaim our profitability. And if you are going to spend some time in taking care, or at least saying that we are going to take care of humans, that is essentially for business interest. Or does it truly has human interest embedded? Absolutely, Sanjog. Um, you know, uh, Kathleen mentioned being genuine, and I want to add the word empathy to our leadership during this time. We have um, we have gotten unusual insights into the employees' personal lives during this time, whether it's a kid crying in the background or dogs barking in the background, or looking at their kitchen counter, you would have never gone to a person's home, you know, uh, a normal employee's home. And we have discovered so many dimensions of our employees that make them who they are. And all these years, we really didn't worry about what their personal lives looked like. After five, you know, they went home and we really didn't worry about what their personal life looked like and how it influenced their work life. Now that we are in a pandemic stage, we have insight into all this. And that cannot be unlearned when the employees come back to our campus. And all these, uh, all these months, we have been very, uh, we've demonstrated a lot of empathy and genuine leadership and authenticity, and including telling employees, we don't have the answers to all the questions that you're asking. Answers about Will we be required to wear a mask? Will uh, vaccinations be required? Uh, will there be social distancing? What kind of precautions is the institution taking? Well, I mean, we are thinking about all of these. Our employees are coming back in August. It's been announced. So we have some months to figure this all out to make sure employees feel comfortable coming back and that we are not forgetting about their personal needs and their home needs, whether it's the childcare or juggling schedules, et cetera, when they come back. That, that doesn't automatically, that switch doesn't turn off when the employees come back in August. So we are genuinely working with our employees on a one-on-one -on -one basis to figure out how, how, how we can help them to meaningfully return to work back in August. Go ahead, Kathleen. Yeah, if I were to build on, on that, um, it also made me think about during this time, right, in that uncertainty, um, as Samuel noted, that we don't have all the answers. What, um, what we've experienced as an organization is that we've leaned even further into our values, right? There are two values. Uh, one is safety. One is inclusion. 
Um, and it's really been called upon at a high level in terms of every step that we've taken during this pandemic has been centered on the health and safety and well-being of our employees. Um, and that inclusion piece, getting into not having the answers and really wanting to understand where they're at. Um, we've had several surveys saying your voice matters because we're in this together and we're going to get through it together. So I think that has been feedback from our employees of them them seeing that authenticity, but also having this opportunity to um, to work through it. Um, so that's been that's been helpful. So then, then together, because you asked about the business, right? Are we going to turn away from this? And then because it's back to business, um, I think we'll, in terms of that business, we'll go forward better and stronger because of because of this and how we've evolved culturally um, in our focus. So, the way things are going right now, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm hopeful, but then. For it to come to normal where we say we had the pandemic behind us and all other uncertainties behind us and we'll come back to normal, there are a lot of companies and individuals, including leaders, vouching that there is this is a new normal that we will see post-pandemic, fundamentally. And then we don't have a timeline on this because country after country, regions after regions, they are there is, there is a, a virus bounce back, if you will. Yeah? So... What is the mindset, Kathleen, when you, when you talk to the leaders in your organization or your fellow HR peers in other companies and their leaders, are they saying, let us be the good people, and we are always good people, but let us be more employee-centric and somehow you know, bring along the business interests because we don't have a choice right now. But then when comes the time for us to really uh, convert into the the normal state, if you will, will we again flip? Has there been a change of heart in the business side? Because corporate was not looked upon as a very human-centric. It was more profit-centric entity. And that's that's the labeling that has been floating around. But coming from you, that would be very helpful for listeners to know. What is the leader thinking today? Yeah, um, clearly, so when employees are well, the business is well. So you see that evolution to get ever more so to the heart of the employees and the health and well-being um, and, and coalescing right around the, the purpose and the vision of the company. But at the heart of that is the employees. So I mean, an example of, of that, right, that I can bring is that we've um, we further defined as a company, what is our purpose and our vision? Where, what are we aspiring towards? Um, and and what's, what's core to that is serving our customers so we're delivering a better today and tomorrow. Um, but getting there is with starting with our employees. So throughout this time, um, we've given enormous amount of flexibility, knowing that the challenges that, fo- that folks have have faced, such as Samuel had said, I mean, you might be caring for a child or, or parent or, or someone, right? And different demands that this pandemic has brought and giving them that flexibility, flexibility to get vaccinated. Um, and so more and more about that, that 
we want to be flexible for your needs while we're also achieving um, the best for the for the business and for our customers um, with that that purpose at the center of all we do. Samuel, I'm sure as you deal with your team and you're looking at the extended user base within the organization, some of those needs that they have are being explicitly mentioned by them, or we are very obviously able to notice that this is how we need to take care of our employees at this time of need. What are some of those implied well-being issues that we need to you know, uh, bring to the surface, give them priority and address? Yeah, so um, some, you know, there's two different, two or three different kinds of employees. Some employees are in a stage in life where they really want to come back. They don't have anything holding them back from coming to work um, on a full-time basis. And those are more the, uh, the minority of the employees. Majority of the employees have children to take care of and, and uh, older uh, parents to take care of in their home situation that they, um, they are not able to make that commitment to say, okay, yep, I'm coming back because they have to worry about, will, will my child find a childcare? Will my, will my child be safe in a childcare if all the parents who are bringing their children are not vaccinated? So yesterday we had a big town hall meeting with our employees, and this is something that they brought up. Childcare issues is a huge one. You know, um, a lot of employees in ITS have kids, and I admire them as they work full time during this time with kids in the background. And we offer so much flexibility. If your kid comes and sits in your lap during a Zoom call, it's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay. But dark, dark, dark barks in the background. These are things out of your control. And they are a part of our family of employees. Now that we are in this environment, we don't necessarily say, you are the employee, you, I hold you accountable. It, they, it's an ecosystem now of, uh, of situations we got to deal with when the employee is working from home. So. It's one-on-one, one-on-one genuine conversations with the employees to say, how can we help you transition to a full-time working environment? What kinds of childcare arrangements are available in the community so your children can go and be safe there? Can we expand the childcare that's available on the campus to allow more kids to come to campus? Because the campus has the vaccine requirements. So very, very complex issues, not easily answered, but the, the fact that we tell our employees, we are on your side. And while we have to run a business, while we run have to run an organization, people come first at ITS. Long before the pandemic started, we, we launched this initiative called People, people Come First. We, we, are, we are concerned about your dreams and aspirations. We want you to be in the decision-making process and all of that. And that's really helped us during the pandemic period. Because we didn't launch the people first during the pandemic. It, it was long before that. So they, we went into the mindset that we are going to pay attention to you and your family as you contribute to the organization. Kathleen, what topped the charts when it comes to employees either telling or you can sense what they need? Well, our employees, right, have, um, have shared with us what they need. So um, to really understand Several times throughout this pandemic, we've had surveys to ask them, help us understand how you're doing. 
um, help us understand what's what's working and we want to continue with that and what else do you need? So so kind of what topped the charts, right, as we've evolved during this, this pandemic? One of the things was about communication. There was an incredible amount of, as we all know and experience, this uncertainty. Um, and with that, enormous amount of questions is what does that mean and how are we thinking? So, so one, of the, one of the things that topped the charts was communication. And with what that looked like for us was many emails. There were videos from, um, from senior management of this trying to have connection, right, um, with that and, and, and authentic of saying, gosh, while we don't have all the answers, here's where we're at now. Um, and here's what we're doing to protect you and your safety and to meet you where you're at. So, so again, communications was one of the first and foremost. Second was flexibility. Um, and given that there were these demands of being at home, right, while working at the same time. And so managers had the opportunity to be flexible with their teams in terms of how to balance that, right? So if you need to step away to care for a child, just let's let's communicate and let's figure out what works best. So that that flexibility was important. Um, and it wasn't a one size fits all. So we adapted to that. After that, it was uh, mental health and well-being. It's been stressful, and this has been for quite some time. So we've offered various resources to help from, with that, whether that be um, you know, sessions on stress management to uh, employee assistance program to different, you know, different types of learnings and helping the managers to help with, you know, to, to de-stress, if you will, with their employees and finding, finding creative solutions. So those have been really the primary areas um, as we've worked um, through this pandemic that have come up and what we continue to, um, to um, to do in terms of that communicate, be flexible, be aware of stress so we can really help our employees um, together work through this. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And Sam, when we come back, let's talk about what the employees expecting from their leaders and the organization. One is that we sense what they want, some of, us, some of the things that they say they want, but that is for themselves. But how do they want the leaders and the organization to do or to behave in a certain way so that they feel that they have good parents, if you will, someone who's taking care of them with no agenda. So it's not a quid pro quo. It is pure parenting. Are we stepping up to that level? Are we making our employees feel that we are there for them and they really need them as individuals, not as bosses? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Com. 
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Samuel, when we talk about leadership and organizational support for an employee, it usually is done keeping in mind that, okay, these are employees who have to get some work done. We've got to take care of them. And yes, we are a caring organization, so we'll care for them. But at the end of the day, they're employees. Now, at this stage, when people are being you know, rattled to their core, and even the organizations have been rattled to the core, maybe the relationship has a chance of elevating itself from being pure employer-employee transactional relationship to a parent and a child, if that is even possible. Because then, while you say that, like the parents feel happier, and Kathleen said that, okay, if employees are well, the business is well, but are we really stepping up our game as leaders and organizations that Hey, employee, no matter what, we're there for you. What do you think? Yes. So, um, you know, we are there for our employees, but we also have a business to run, an institution to run. So higher education um, is a people business and students, faculty and staff come to campus to get services uh, from our employees. Um, And we have 22,000 students and 2,000 employees, faculty and staff. And uh, we have been able to do uh, a very good job of providing all these services virtually over the last 13, 14 months, and we will for the next couple of months. And we have innovated, we have accelerated innovations, we have launched chatbots, we have um, created re-engineered workflows, so, so all the forms are online. We have done a lot of those things over the past 14 months. So the natural question for employees is, uh, do we really need to come back since we have been able to do all this virtually and I'm so comfortable doing this from home, can I stay home and telecommute um, on a permanent basis? Now, the answer to the question initially right now is no, we are expecting all employees to come back. Uh, at some point in time, we might develop a telecommuting policy uh, in collaboration with all the employees. Even if you look at Employers like Google and Facebook, they all want their employees back. So higher education, really, uh, as a people business, we want our employees back. So we have to work with, we have to be equitable to all these, all employees who work for us, right? So there are some, there are manning counters where students come in. There are some back back office employees who are saying, we don't face customers ever. So can we stay at home and work uh, virtually and uh, telecommute on a permanent basis? But there is a balance we need to achieve between the front-facing employees and, and be equitable and fair to all the employees in the organization. And that's what we are working on right now, how to allow employees to perhaps work tele- telecommute in some instance or even part of their work in telecommute and still be equitable to employees who have to be on campus facing our students, faculty, and staff um, on, a, on a daily basis. So that's the conversation we're having on our campus. Kathleen, do you think the leaders are offering their shoulder to cry on if somebody does want to as employees? I'm bringing back that parenting angle there. Are we morphing to it? And is it the right thing to do? A couple things I think about on that of the, it's being called upon for leaders in terms of that, right? That being authentic and being present, being human, um, 
and that's particularly come during during this time, not only from the pandemic, but the, the civic unrest. Um, between the two, there's been a lot of pain that I know our employees have been facing. Um, and with that, being able to meet them where they're at. So, um, and there's, and helping leaders with how to have those conversations, right? And what does that look like? So, so an example of how, what we had done is have conversations with our leaders to say, what, what can you do to really be there to show that genuine care and, and starting with listening and asking questions um, to seek for understanding of where somebody's at, not to necessarily solve, but to hear and know that you're showing care. We also um, um, started to have listening sessions across our employee groups, um, starting with our African-American community, knowing the, the pain from the civic unrest that was happening. Um, and and having, I mean, some of that was having conversations where normally you might not take a conversation related to race in the wor- into the workforce, or that might be an uncomfortable conversation. But establishing a safe environment to say, help us understand, right? And how can we be there for you? What does that look like? Um, And that in and of itself was a step towards healing. It's a step towards, for us, demonstrating inclusion as an environment to say, we we now are starting to understand each other better and walking, walking together. We have a lot more things to do, but that's just an example of that. Um, that healing, that being there for each other um, to demonstrate it in tangible ways. So Samuel, what stumps you or your leadership in terms of dealing with this situation? Where are you struggling when you're trying to balance the employee and business well-being? Where do you think you need answers as a group in the ivory tower, or maybe you're talking to people at their level, but something is not Whatever that is not connecting well or something is not getting a problem that you're not able to crack yet, what would that be? So uh, as Kathleen mentioned, there are so many influences on our employees. You know, the pandemic itself, of course, is a pandemic and the civil unrest and and all these national politics that's going on. Everything is really impacting the employees right from um, no, you cannot require me to take a vaccination to, um, you know, I don't feel safe coming back to work, uh, all kinds. And, you know, uh, I'm not being treated well because of who I am, those kinds of conversations. What is the institution doing towards becoming an inclusive organization? Um, those are all complex issues that we are dealing with. And, you know, the authentic leadership has to kick in and say, we don't know the answers to all of these. We are working with you and we are working through this to come to a conclusion. And it might not be an answer that everybody likes. There are some people who will like the answers. There will some people who will disagree with the answers. And at the end of the day, one size does not fit all. And it's a continuous process in which we have to engage our employees on a one-on-one basis. DEI is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's all about people, right? And it it only happens one person at a time. DEI doesn't happen as a group. It happens one person at a time. And when we engage with our employees one-on-one and try to solve their problems, 
on a one-on-one -on -one basis on a very personalized and very customized fashion, that's the only answer that I see to all the complex issues that we are facing. There is no magic wand to say, yep, this is what you do. You know, <laughs> in one aspect, the pandemic is one thing that really united everybody together and um, created equity across the board. Um, but the post-pandemic uh, is, is trying to create the opposite of what the pandemic did. So it is a, it is a struggle of sorts that we're still trying to uh, figure out. Kathleen, what are, what are you seeing and what is stumping you? Yeah, we are, I would say, reimagining the workforce, right? What does that mean, right? And this would be for, for many companies, I would think, right? Post-COVID, in a more stable state, will we go back to the way it was? No, we are changed um, because of this. Um, so what, when we think about our vision, our mission, our purpose, um, how do we reimagine our how we, how we do that, how we show up. And it's, I mean, in many ways, it's very, it's very exciting, um, but we're still working our way through that. So, so more specifically, what have we learned? Flexibility, right? We can be more flexible and meet our employees where, where they're at. Um, and so what does that look like post, post, uh, post COVID when we can really fully return uh, is something that we're working through so we can balance that. Um, is an example. So it's an exciting time because we also have seen technology that has evolved, right? And technology has, um, through this, there's different things that are coming online that have connected us, right? Uh, from, um, from video, from chat, um, from other ways to connect. So, um, so it's a, to me, it's an exciting time um, because there are new ways of working um, and, that, and how do we do that um, as we as we go forward. So, Kathleen, when like Simon's example, given the times that we are in, and I'm sure you know we do not have at the top all the answers either. But then, when someone is already shaken and they are riding with you, and you're the driver's seat, and you say, you know what, I'm not totally sure where I'm going, but I'll somehow get you there. That doesn't really help. So what do you say to them when you have to move forward, they have to sit next to you and you have to be in the driving seat so that they feel comfortable and the journey is, is not more rattled than when you were not there? Um, to me, it's about, it's about communication and trust, right? And listening. So to really first understand um, what is it? What are their concerns? Um, and help them understand the why behind where we're where we're going and how we're getting there together. Um, for us in our company, there's there's uh, what we call that grounds all of us is our collective ambition. Um, so there is a set of things by which we we work together towards right our vision of being a clean energy company, our purpose of making better todays and tomorrows for our customers our values, right? Um, and so with that, that's the underpinning of how we make decisions and how together we, we move forward as a team. So, so to me, it's helping connect the dots of, you know, it's while things might be changing and they might be uncertain, there are things underpinning that, that are stable, that are clear, that we'll continually come back to that will ground ourselves um, and how we move forward. 
So, uh, Samuel, when you are looking at an organization and you are trying to get the employers and the employee relationships, that typically had some rules, some decorum, some expectations which were well set. But now, given the situation that we are in, we have to cut some slack. We have to reset the targets and the priorities. How far do you go? Because now I'm going to talk about business well-being. How far do you take that? And how do you prevent? What kind of checks and balances one would put so that that particular uh, relaxation, if you will, is not abused? Sure. So, you know, the business goals and objectives uh, have not changed through the pandemic, right? So we still have to graduate our students. We still have to make sure uh, we have a graduation initiated 2025 at the Cal State system that requires you to graduate so many um, so many percentage of students, four-year and six-year graduation rates and equity gaps. So all that is still alive and well. We did not uh, say, well, we're going to um, put these aside because there is a pandemic going on. We, we plowed full speed ahead, even through the pandemic. In fact, we made things more efficient towards achieving these goals. So um, while I won't say we cut a slack, we just allow people to continue to innovate and uh, not go back to the pre-pandemic inefficiencies that we have experienced in our organizations. Pre-pandemic, there were five people involved in a particular process where there was only one person that needed to be involved. Students were standing in lines, going office to office, collecting signatures, well, approval slips. All that has gone away. And we definitely don't want to go back to the, that kind of a situation. There are va- value-added services in a face-to-face environment that we need to leverage our facilities for. The rest of it that we have done efficiently online and in a virtual format, we need to continue. And the message from our president to the employees, it has been that also when we come back to campus in August, all services will be continued to be provided in a virtual format going forward. In other words, you know, just because we are face-to-face, don't abandon all those virtual services, all those Zoom and virtual, me, uh, you know, uh, virtual check-ins and those kinds of things. Continue those in addition to serving our customers face-to-face. So uh, that's not too much to expect, I don't think. So we'll, we're working with our employees. Our employees are on board with that concept. So I, I think, you know, it, it, employees appreciate the frankness that we have experienced. Uh, we have told them this is the expectation and they appreciate that. We need to be clear on our expectations. So Kathleen, clarity of expectations, the mindset of an individual, the message that you're trying to convey while wearing the business hat and also trying to be a parent at the same time. That's a disaster in the making because people will be thoroughly confused. What kind of message is coming through? What would you put as if there was a communications guideline and or from an HR perspective, that's the expectation setting because we are saying we want you to be well, but you also want to do business or like take care of the business, but we also want you to never put business first uh, above your family. And if the family comes, you cannot forget your targets. You see where I'm, where I'm going? How do you create clarity of message when you got to shift gears based on what happens in your region, in your city, in your country? In terms of that good message, right? Because they're a good question because these things oftentimes might feel opposed to each other. 
right? And and that can add stress to our employees. Um, and not all things can we completely plan for, right? Um, but with that, what we um, what we work with is first our leaders, right? In being clear in terms of setting our goals, right, and our priorities for the for the year. That is connected overall to what we want to deliver for our customers, and and each of our employees are a part of that. So it comes back to then, in, then, right in the real life, right when a day happens, there's there's that conflict that happens between what's happening with family or other demands. It's the conversation that our our leaders are having with their their team or their their employee of now, how do we solve for this? Um, and that flexibility that it could be right a team that's solving for that that's helping. It could be moving priorities around, but it's that flexibility of how we still get to, right, that the outcome for the business for our customers while, while accommodating our employee. Um, and the, the clarity can really help that. Um, and the teamwork, kind of an atmosphere of collectively being responsible, um, because together that's where this, the problems and kind of that can be solved through on a one-on-one basis. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the different things, the leaders, the HR, the employees do in terms of building a new conduit for communication. Because the way we used to communicate, the way we used to have meetings, the way we used to have performance appraisal, all that is on the table right now. And if we do not rethink and reimagine these things, then putting old style or old ways to this new way of working and our new paradigm of how value will get created for the customers and for employees and for the business, then we may be introducing risk. So how do we go about it? When we come back, Kathleen, let's take this question and, and you know, love to have your input on that. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, human resource, an employee comes into an organization, you start setting some expectation, do some induction, get them working. And as they keep working, you do performance appraisals, give them promotions and give them reprimands or, or, or fire them, or they may grow in the organization and eventually they may stay there forever as a lifer or they may exit. That's the, the, the whole life cycle of an individual who comes into a company. Now, 
a person may be in different stages depending on who they are given the times that we are in. And that, that doesn't mean only pandemic. It also means the different civic unrest and many other disruptions that we have seen in 2020. And they have not stopped yet. What were the old ways which will not work, which means they have to give in to the new ways of working and which new ways have been adopted which are working which will make us relevant moving forward today, relevant today and moving forward. Kathleen, this is for you. Sure thing. Um, what I have found and seen is that folks have been evolving to a new way of work and learning. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't work as well. I need to shift gears. So let me um, give you a, a couple examples in terms of new employee onboarding, Right. You could see, if you were all in an office together, you could see more clearly how that person might be adjusting. Are they feeling settled, right? You could have that coffee, you know, coffee station conversation and check in in the morning. Um, and so virtually, right, if the manager didn't, didn't, clearly didn't have that ability. So continuing the old way would have been just meet at the times once a week to meet, um, which wouldn't be, was not as helpful for a new employee virtually. So that was shifting gears that a manager, in terms of really checking in with intent, whether that was via chat, right, whether that was a quick 10 minutes in the morning, but trying to create that sense of connection um, virtually in a different way so that you can really ensure that that person is getting, getting adjusted and feeling settled is an example of that old way versus new way of working. In terms of performance management, right, some of those things don't change. The clarity of goals. What does success look like? Let's build those together, right? Um, let's put those down on paper so that we can set somebody up for success um, and having check-in conversations. So that that is a continuance um, and not having the virtual environment get in the, get in the way of that, but being, again, more intentional. Um, and then you know, I would say overall, in terms of employee engagement, that someone is feeling connected, I have found that um, there's been a lot of new ways of working as it relates to that of having virtually, it could be a Teams meeting of, of um, um, or a virtual, yeah, virtual Teams meeting of, it, it could be just, let's have, let's have a, um, um, you know, a, uh, not diving immediately into work and the agenda, but let's start off with something light and easy that connects us all. Maybe you do that at the end of the conversation. I've seen across the company that there's engagement weeks that we've had that we're telling stories of what we're doing. Um, so there can be lighter things that we've used with technology to adjust to new ways of working. Um, it's just a different way of engaging um, and bringing connection to um, across the company and within teams. So, um, Samuel, have you tried to do things any differently than you used to do earlier now that you might be dealing with your people? They have to get projects. You always have IT people having more than a spilling plate. Have you cut slack? Have you given them more time for the project? Have you started saying no more to the business so that your people get the breathing room and as a result, you are getting, um, uh, you know, a pushback from the business to say, hey, you're doing less than what you need to do. So are, you, are, you, are you juggling with things like that? 
Or if you are, then what are you doing different to address it? So it's not more work in, um, as much as it's, it's transforming the way we work, right? Higher education uh, has to transform itself as a result of this pandemic. We cannot afford to, to uh, do business as, as usual. Uh, students and uh, students uh, who have been through the pandemic, uh, they, they are experiencing different ways in which businesses deal with them online. They make it convenient for them. They make it easy and uh, prompt for them. Uh, but when they come to the campus, they're transported back to the 60s where they have to do things the old fashioned way. And students are not going to go for that anymore. So our teams have to transform themselves and do things differently that doesn't add workload to them, but it just it, it just redoes the way they think. It shifts the way they think. How can we be the higher education of the future um, and be relevant to our students, faculty, and staff rather than doing business the old-fashioned way in an inefficient way that created a lot of workload for us? So I think, in fact, we're, we're going to become more efficient and more customer friendly and um, and more relevant to our students, faculty and staff as we go forward. So that's what we're looking forward to. All right. So, Kathleen, uh, one last question, uh, hopefully a quick one. The organizational managers and the leaders, even they are flexing their muscles and even they have to stretch some their leadership and communication styles to balance employee and business well-being. What should those muscles be and what is the best way to do it? Because there is no trainer out there. Um, what we've seen and experienced is that that leadership style, right, has, has evolved and broadened. Um, and there's um, with the amount of uncertainty that there's been um, and the stress that employees have had in their lives, um, the, it's evolved in terms of communication style is first and foremost with listening, right? And checking in and understanding where folks are at and how they're doing. Um, and it's coming from that is centered on the person first and then moving to the um, overall to the mission uh, and then to the, then to the work. And now we get there together. So, um, so it's evolved in terms of the leadership style, of, of that, um, of, uh, I would say it's evolved in terms of a mindset of how we lead today, um, which, is, uh, which is really exciting because that, with that, leaders can be more authentic, employees can feel safer and more included. Um, and then together, there's a power in that team that moves forward for the, um, for the business and for serving customers. Once again, thank you so much, Samuel and Kathleen, for sharing your insights about how organizations can work together with, along with the employees and the leaders to balance the employees and the business well-being. So listeners, hope you enjoyed. Uh, please connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest. Subscribe to podcasts on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as all major channels where you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much again. Uh, listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog. All till next week. Take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjog All. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, 
please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.